6: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
7: Ron and Anian. You ever go into a house from the 40s and look at the windows? It's a pulley and trolley system, right, with weights that, you know, hang on the cable and it pulls it. There's a metal weight in there, the old-style window. That's what this 11CN is using.
5: Everybody's working.
7: The Car Doctor. Drummers are the best brake bleeders because you can teach them the one-two count. It's, if somebody's got musical inclination, they
0: make better brake bleeders. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am
7: here to take your calls. At 855
5: 560 And now, here's Ronnie.
7: There's always something new to learn in, in auto repair or mechanical things or what not to do. And don't do this because you'll get yourself in trouble. And it doesn't have to necessarily be about cars, but just operating things mechanically. I mowed the lawn at the house today before I, you know, got in and came over to the studio. And... You know, I went out there. It was a bright, sunny day in in New Jersey, and I went out there. I had my sunglasses on, and I went out to the shed, and I took the 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 lawnmower out of the shed, and I looked. And it's a fairly new lawnmower; it's just this year. And you know, I looked at the gas tank, and they have a little they have a little eye window in the in the side of the tank, you know, against the black plastic cover. And I looked at it, and it it it, it was full. It was it was dark, and you know, I said, "Okay, good," and I started mowing the lawn. And then it started to die. You know, I got about, you know, eight, nine minutes in and it started to cut out and then it was okay. And then it started to cut out again and then it was okay. And I said, God, this thing's acting like it's out of gas. I said, but it can't, it's got a full tank of fuel in it. Then I realized I had my sunglasses on and it was bright and sunny, right? Hey, listen, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I took my sunglasses off. I looked at it again. Yep. We're out of gas. And, uh, (laughs) you know, lo and behold, put gas in it. Mechanical things, internal combustion engines, always work really well with gasoline in them. So, rule number one: always check the gas in the lawnmower. Not wearing your sunglasses. So, I love it. Don't be Tom, and right, and I'm not ashamed. It. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm going. How could this be? How could I be running out of gas? It was well, full.
2: <laughs> I get I get a lot of dust in my yard, and the little sight glass on mine gets all dusty. And you look at it and go, Does it have gas in
7: it? Yeah, I, you know, so, but, um, you know, just you got to be sure what you're looking at because mechanical maintenance is just very, very important. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, Tom, let me do this too while we're on the subject of mechanical maintenance. For Frank in Colorado, Frank brought up an interesting point. We were talking to him in between the hours of the show this week, and uh, he's telling us about the wildfires out in Colorado, out west, right, California and Portland, Washington and all that, up, up and around the northwest, and, you know, the ash problem is really severe. And our, our thoughts and prayers are with all of you out there. And when the dust settles, no pun intended, and you take back to driving again, think about some maintenance on the car because all that ash is going to get drawn up into the vehicle. What's the air filter look like? What's the cabin filter look like? Uh, you know, make sure you wash the car, get the ash off the paint so you don't hurt the exterior. I realize you got bigger things going on right now, but uh, some basic maintenance, you know, it's it's cars Cars have a spirit in a sense, and they'll uh, they'll have to be taken care of when uh, when 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 the time comes. So, but uh, for Frank in Colorado and everybody else out Westway, way, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to you and uh, good luck. So let's kick the garage doors open. Let's get over to Ben in Virginia. 01 Lexus and uh, some problems with a uh, cylinder misfire. Ben, we spoke about this car a couple of six seven months back, did we not?
8: Yes, sir. We did down in uh, down in Virginia Beach at the car show. Yep,
7: at the remote. I remember this. So, where's this car stand? I remember this car was. um, This car has a. (laughs) uh, uh, It had an intermittent misfire problem going on. Refresh everybody's memory.
8: Correct. Uh, Yeah, for the last couple of years, really, uh, intermittent misfire. Most of the time, it was on cylinder number two. Uh, Been in and out of the dealer. two or three, four times, they could never pinpoint it, uh, give it back to me, and and it would run okay for, uh, you know, 30 days or so. Sometimes it didn't run good that long. So I took it back in again, uh, I don't know, three months ago, and they looked at it again. They claimed they changed the coil, moved it from number two to number six, and uh, they said the Misfar didn't go with the coil, and it was... So they diagnosed it as having a uh, low compression uh, reading, fifty pounds on number two cylinder.
7: Okay, so they moved the plug to number six. I'm sorry, the coil to number six. Just for giggles, did they move the plug?
8: They didn't tell me that they did. I, 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 I'm assuming they would. All right, but, say you they know, did
7: because normally you would move. You know, you'd move the coil to six, the plug to four or whatever just you know start splitting things up move things around does it follow the plug does it follow the coil does it stay with the cylinder okay now, i understand
8: what you're saying but go
7: ahead i was going to say but you know now they're telling you it's got 50 pounds of compression yeah in that cylinder correct but why is it intermittent what what i what i uh, you know what i'm getting at here is i want a definitive answer. I don't want well it's got 50 pounds of compression because i know what you're going to tell me you're going to tell me they said you need an engine. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. when you you're can't right. when you can't diagnose it just replace the whole thing. It's easier. So yeah. y- y- you know, did they do a wet test? Did they do a dry test? Y- you know, did they put a little oil in the cylinder and did the compression go up? If it did it's a ring issue. If it didn't it's in the head. You know, it's got a it's got a valve problem, but it just doesn't sound like they were very thorough about this. And this has been going on for a couple of years, right?
8: Overall, yes, sir, it has been for a couple of years. Uh, I would get somewhere between thirty five hundred and five thousand miles, and the misfire would come back. As that go back in, first off, they they we changed all the coils, wires, and plugs have been changed probably three times in the last eight ten thousand 10,000 miles. By the dealer? Because it's true. Huh? By the dealer? Yeah, by the dealer. Well, initially I changed them, but I put aftermarket stuff in. Okay. Lexus always says you can't use aftermarket stuff with an Lexus engine. Well, it's a Toyota engine. Right.
7: Um, well, and guess
8: really what? That
7: it sounds like they changed it, and that still didn't help, and then they changed it again.
8: Correct. You okay, is it the least point? Who's
7: who's diagnosing this? The cats and jammer kids. So, you know, let's let's make an assumption, you and I, because it sounds like you or them, somebody between you, can figure out it's not ignition, right? Let's assume it's not ignition. We're we're down. To, correct, we're yeah. down. We're down to fuel, and we're down to mechanical. If we eliminate fuel, if we want to say it's not fuel, okay, um, you know, we're we're down to it's a mechanical issue. And I think you'd have to approach this that – I don't know if this is the answer I gave you seven months ago. We'll see how consistent I am. You know, I, I think you'd have to approach it that if you prove it's it's mechanical, then you know it, it's not fuel and vice versa. It would be easier to prove or disprove mechanical. So compression test, wet, dry, cylinder leak down test, running compression test, take a borescope, look at the valves. Do we see heavy carbon deposits on that cylinder? How many miles were on this? Uh,
8: 190.
7: Yeah, it's not a lot on those engines. This is the straight six, if I remember right, right?
8: Yeah, 300, Yeah, 3.06 water in yeah. line six.
7: Right. And then how do we know this doesn't have another valve train-related issue? And I think we talked about this at the car show. How do we know this doesn't have a valve yeah. train-related issue causing the misfire? Um, how do we know it doesn't have a broken valve spring, and the spring winds up and lets go? And yeah, there's a bunch of things they got to look at here. I don't get why this is so difficult. You know?
8: Well, I, I'm not a mechanic by no means. I'm more of a, uh, a cosmetic body man. But my thought was a broken valve spring or something like that moving around and right. causing the intermittent. Right. Uh but. I just think they got to the point they got tired of me coming back so they just said okay we'll sell you an engine knowing I wouldn't buy one.
7: Right. So I think you got to uh, I think I think you, know. you got to find you know for your own self satisfaction, Ben, I think you got to find somebody down there that wants to diagnose it that'll really diagnose it. Pull the valve cover. It's common sense. What do the valve springs look like? All right? What does the cam look like? You know, do a cylinder leak test. Do you know what a cylinder leak down test is? Yeah. Okay. Let's put air in the cylinder, let's close off the valves. You know, either crank the engine around or back off the rockers, etc. Does it hold air? An engine's a big air pump, that's all it is. If somebody's got a nice. bore scope, the ability to take the plug out and look at look at valves, do it have heavy carbon deposits? I mean, let's do that. You know, if you want to try a science experiment and do some form of a fuel system cleaning to see if carbon deposits, you know, come clean and does the engine change any way that it runs? It's always possible. I don't like to do that because I'm going to alter the I'm going to alter the test patient, if you know what I'm saying. And I would pref- uh-huh. I, I would prefer that you you know I would prefer that you um, you know get somebody to diagnose it. But you know at that point, let's go look at valves. Let's go do leak down testing. Let's pull the valve cover. Then you know you see carbon deposits on the valves. You want to try some Berryman fuel system cleaner. You can read about them Barrymanproducts.com. And uh, go through that process. But short of that, I don't think you could justify an engine at this point unless you really wanted to in the car. I don't think you could, you know, justify an engine based on the way they've diagnosed that because this vehicle, because I don't think they want to, and I don't know that they've done it completely. Um, It's a good guess. Change the engine. I'm sure it'll be fixed. Ha, ha, ha. Then you'll find out the injector driver's not right, and it's a PCM, but um, let's go through the engine mechanically and see what you got. Call me back when you find out more. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor returns right after this.
6: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
0: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road. If you're gearing up to get outside, Amazon Automotive is here to help. Whether you're hitting the beach, the trail, or somewhere in between, you'll find great deals on parts and accessories for your car, truck, motorcycle, or RV. Simply visit us online to customize your vehicle with a wide selection of floor mats, bike racks, camping equipment, power sports, accessories, and more. Get going today at Amazon.com automotive. That's Amazon.com automotive. Don't call us.
2: That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is.
7: Hey, welcome back. Let's get over and talk to Bill in Illinois 07 Hyundai and uh, some issues with a cat fault. Welcome, Bill. How can I help?
3: Yeah. Uh, Ron, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, I've got an 07. It's got about 109,000 miles on it. and Uh, Check engine light comes on. Put it, uh, you know, it comes up as a PO420. Right. And I just, I don't know. I'm just a little hesitant of just putting the, you know, having someone or myself put a catalytic converter on it. Okay. It 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 runs good. What's your Um, what's your
7: what's your what's your long term what's your long term plan for the car, Bill?
3: Well, I've got a 17-year-old in it, and um, I inherited the car, so, I mean, it, I know it since it was brand new. Uh, I would like to keep it a little bit longer.
7: Right. You know, um, uh, is the 17-year-old going to drive it through high school and then take it to college, or we don't know that yet?
5: At, at
3: present time, that's what it's kind of looking like.
7: Right, right. So this is this is sort of the the, the, the kid's car, in a sense
3: exactly so when you say
7: you clear the fault and the fault comes back does it come back you know two weeks two months uh six months you know how long a period of time
3: sometimes it's two days sometimes it's seven days
7: okay so this has a hard fault this has a hard cat fault um uh you know it comes back right away any exhaust leaks in the car that you can tell
3: I, I don't hear any, I you know, I haven't done a smoke test or right. I, did, I did try to reverse a vacuum cleaner, put it on the exhaust and squirt, you know, uh, water and soap. I didn't see anything.
7: Well, you know, listen, the easiest way I find, I've found over the years is I'll let a car run, put it up in the air. Obviously, being mindful, I'm on a lift, I'm, you know, I'm in a shop environment, but I'll just you know, put this running vehicle over my head and obviously I'm aware of all the implications of what that could be, setting the parking brake and just being safe. And I'll listen with a mechanic stethoscope. You know, just uh and I'll take the I'll take the needle point in and I'll just listen with the rubber hose. Well, I'll tell you what, you want to find an exhaust leak? You'll know it. Uh you know, and I'll just I'll just run the hose uh, you know, anywhere in front of the cat and anywhere immediately eight, ten inches after the cat is my big concern. So you know, if you hear an exhaust leak before the cat, that's air intake that's not accounted for by the mass air, by the PCM. So now it's going to affect cat readings, and that can cause, an exhaust leak can cause a catalytic converter failure. So, uh, you know, it's it's just that important. Can you get the car safely up in the air, up higher than just being on your back in the driveway?
3: Uh, I, I don't have access to that. But, yeah. uh,
7: you know, but that's that's yeah. how I would do it. And then you know you're faced with you got to put a cat on it, you know. Do you know why the cat code sets? Do you understand the theory behind it?
3: Well, yeah, it's supposed to clean the, uh, you know, the it's like you said, it's a pump. You know, the engine's a pump, and it cleans the exhaust. or it's. Uh, well, here, here's you know, not... here's
7: here's what it is. Okay, you've got a catalytic converter. Doesn't matter the vehicle; they all work the same. You got a catalytic converter. You've got two sensors, one before it, one after it. For the purpose of this conversation, we'll we'll call them both oxygen sensors. All right, you get into certain cars, newer cars, there one's an air fuel sensor, the downstream one is generally always an oxygen sensor. But we're gonna, for the purpose of the theory, you got two oxygen sensors, right? The engine's mm-hmm. running, the engine produces, you know, byproduct of of combustion, and there's a certain amount of oxygen in the exhaust, right? So the the first sensor will report oxygen content back to the computer. You know, hey, it's got X, X amount of oxygen. It's going to produce a higher or a low voltage signal, depending, all right? Excess oxygen creates a lean condition, creates a lean command, low voltage, all right? You know, high higher lack of oxygen creates a rich condition, high voltage, and so on. So the PCM can read that. Catalytic converters next in line. Catalytic converters, kind of like you're sitting at the counter at your favorite deli and you're eating a hero. All right. You're just eating that hero sandwich, eating that hero sandwich, eating that hero sandwich. I'm from Jersey. It's lunchtime. Can you tell I'm hungry? All right. Sooner or later, you burp. All right. Well, that's kind of like what a a catalytic converter is. A catalytic converter, by, by its chemical design and construction, will continue to swallow oxygen. Hold oxygen, hold oxygen, hold oxygen, hold oxygen. All right. Meantime, the downstream, the sensor after the catalytic converter is reporting a lack of oxygen condition all right and eventually that cat burps okay it reaches its storage capacity and when it burps it releases the oxygen that it can no longer hold within its shell for additional combustion after the engine catalytic converter right we're trying to convert exhaust fumes before they get out into the atmosphere so they know that while that catalytic converter is eating its Italian hero, um, that there has to be a certain ratio difference between the air or oxygen content in front of the cat versus after the cat. Makes sense? Uh-huh. It's, it's an 80% difference is generally the, the industry accepted standard. So we're looking for an 80% difference. If it sees 79, 78, 60, 40, et cetera, it assumes that the catalytic converter is not efficient and sets an efficiency fault P0420. But if there's an air leak in front of the O2, that downstream O2, what if the air leak is in front of the downstream O2 but after the cat, okay? It's gonna gonna drive that car crazy all day long. The car's gonna think that the cat's doing nothing um, and it becomes an issue. So bottom line, there's some testing that has to be done. But that cat, in all likelihood, has to be replaced. Um, you may want to consider some aftermarket stuff. Make sure it's a good quality part. You know, make sure it's something with a good track record. The aftermarket cats won't last as long as the OE cat, but you should get three to five years out of it. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts and talk to them. See what they've got. Find them more out online at OReillyAuto.com. Any more questions, Bill, give me a shout. I appreciate it. I'm Ron Anady and The Car Doctor. We're back right after this.
6: the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand the ones with the little umbrella refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store it's
0: a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road
7: back running and into the car doctor let's get over to Sean in Iowa 93 Chevy and some comments and questions about transflush. flush Sean welcome to the car doctor sir how, how can I help
5: hello Ron uh, yes, quick sir. one for you here yeah. uh, 98 Chevy 4l80 e tranny on there I think about a 13 quart system right and I'm very diligent about uh changing transmission fluid dropping in the pan new filter uh, five quarts of oil back in. Every two years they do it, which is about 20,000 miles for me. And I was talking to a tranny guy, and I, I'm not going to flush it, but I said, what's the next best thing? And he said, uh, the next best, well, he said, don't flush it. But what I would do if you want to exchange all that fluid is to exchange it. Uh, take five quarts out, you know, put a plastic hose, a vinyl hose on the end of the Outlet there uh, off the radiator. get five out, put five in, you know, take another five out, put another five in, another five out, put another yeah, five that works. in, and you would have a clean system. Yeah, that
7: works. That works. We do that. And it, it, you, I, you, know, you know what, Sean? I've got, uh, matter of fact, it's, it's one of my daughter's Toyotas. She's got a, um. Oh, what is it, a 4Runner? It's at the shop right now. We're going to yep. do it Monday, and um, okay. there, there's no way to do an exchange. We're going to do it right through the cooler lines off the radiator. And
5: yeah, that works okay. absolutely. Um, not too much not too much detergent with with 13 new quarts in there that it's going to scrub up too much stuff though.
7: Well, you know, the issue here, or the thought process here becomes if you've been changing the fluid on a regular basis and we've been doing it to hers on a regular basis, if you're changing yep. the fluid on a regular basis, varnish doesn't form. Sure. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, okay. it, and I don't want to jinx myself, but, you know, in 46 years, I don't know, 45 years, I mean, a long time of fixing cars, uh, you know, I probably count on one hand the number of transes that have actually failed and the trans fluid exchange. And I'm not going to use the word flush. I hate the word flush. Flush denotes pressure to me. We're just doing a simple, gentle exchange. Uh, you know, doing it um, doing it as an exchange, I, th- I think we've lost maybe two transes in 40-something years. And in both cases, I could probably look back at my notes if I had them, if I still do, and I might. And, you know, we were at that point where the trans was done, but at the insistence of the customer, they wanted to spend another... Three hundred dollars, so that they could justify why they're not going to fix it or fix it, if you know what I'm saying. So people do desperate things at desperate times. What you're doing as far as maintaining and changing the fluid on servicing that trans is actually pretty spectacular. That's the right way to do it, and I wouldn't have any qualms about doing an exchange with that. I wouldn't worry about particulate. Uh, You know, at some point will it fail? Yeah, it's a '93, brother. You know, it's it's almost 30 years old. It's 27 years old.
5: Well, actually, it's a '98, but that's. That's moot, you know. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, but it's, I love the truck and right. I keep it. Yeah. It's, I want an old truck. Right. Yeah. It's,
7: listen, sometimes, you know what? There's a lot to be said for older vehicles. Uh, y- You know, it's sometimes parts are an issue. Sometimes rust is an issue. But if you stay on top of both of that, you know, we can source things and keep things running. And, and, you know, we know where the faults are in the older vehicles. And a lot of that goes a long way towards repairing and maintaining cars today. So, um good for you. Uh it all makes sense to okay, me. I, appreciate I would do. Your input.
5: You're welcome, Thank sir. Thank you so much.
7: You're very welcome. You be well. Thank you, Sean. Let's go over and talk to let's go talk to Ron in Moosehead Lake, Maine and the 99F350. Ron, welcome to the car doctor, sir. This will get confusing. Go ahead.
9: <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Um, I was tempted to say, what's up doc, but I think you're more tempted to say, what's up Ron? Yeah.
7: Well, it, you know, it's, that's why I'm not going to say my name here. I'm just going to, let's just talk about this truck. What's going on with it. We'll confuse everybody. <laughs>
9: okay. Well, I was driving along, lost, uh, my steering, the hydraulics of course, uh, uh, failed. And luckily I was about a quarter of a mile away from my destination, a friend's house. And, um, so I was able to pull it into his yard and, uh, the hood up and the fan uh was touching the radiator, so it had sort of come uh uh loose from the from the water pump uh, at a at a ten degree angle didn't damage the radiator but it nipped but, the,
7: it uh, nipped the cooler lines there, and it leaked fluid
9: Uh there was uh, uh coolant uh, all over the inside of the engine compartment uh the uh serpentine belt was pretty well shredded. And uh, so it was down for the count. Uh, So I've been trying to get parts and pieces. Uh, It's a 1999. It has uh, uh, just over 514,000 miles. So So it's
7: just broken in, brother. Keep going.
9: Yeah, yeah, it's about halfway there.
7: Right, Yep. yep, yep. So so what's the issue? You can't find parts, or why did it happen is the question? Well,
9: I've been accumulating parts, and I don't know why it has failed. I haven't taken it apart yet. And somebody says, well, maybe I should let the experts do it. I know there are nine bolts that hold it in. And he said, well, if your shear went off, then you have all kinds of problems. So um, I booked it into a local garage, and uh, uh, he seemed to think that uh, it wouldn't be too much trouble. I did look online at YouTube and see how some of the guys do it, but then some of the, uh, you know, you need special tools to get that um, clutch assembly on the fan off.
7: Well, you either need, uh, you either need special tools, and you, didn't, and you didn't hear from this from me, so you have to get close to the, to the phones, right, so I can just whisper it to you so okay. nobody else hears. Sure. Okay. All right. If you take an air chisel, about an 18-inch air chisel with a dull, with a dull end, Mm-hmm. And just kiss the nut in the right direction, which is opposite rotation. All right. You can get the you can get the fan blade to come off. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, the air chisel is your friend. Shh! Don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I've tried. Okay. I've got. I've got all the special tools. I actually have the factory tool. It's this big giant. I don't know, thirty six millimeter wrench with a bend in it to clear the pulley in it. You know. I, you know what? Those things are on there so tight. Um, you know, people will say to me, my God, you're putting an air chisel against the water pump against the fan nut. Yeah, the water pump's Mm -hmm. bad anyway. We're changing it. Who cares? I want to get it apart. That's right. Uh, That's right. You know, so an air chisel, and even if it's got a little bit of a point in the chisel, I don't sit there and hammer on it. I just use it to kind of shock the nut loose and get it to wake up Mm -hmm. to the point where I can loosen it up and, you know, at least get it off the vehicle uh you know yeah. and and that's from the guy who's got the special tool hanging on the wall and i can tell you it doesn't always work you know probably more often than not it doesn't work so um okay. you getting
9: know. getting the bolts out of the block uh to replace the uh, the water pump assembly um are they sort of like a number 8 uh, hardened uh, steel or are they might what type of steel are the bolts that hold it into the
7: block you, you know ron i don't know i've never had one break I can tell you that it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've never had one snap or break. I would tell you to maybe get them started, shoot a little rust penetrant, grab yourself some PB blaster and get it under the head of the bolt and let it creep down there and sit for a while and let it do its Mm -hmm. job. And, you know, by all means, especially on something this age, this mileage and, you know, let it do its thing. But I've never had one break. I've never had an issue. Usually the pumps just come right apart. I'm sure you've been doing cooling system maintenance to this on a regular basis. Most diesel owners are smart enough. Um you know, this is a seven three power uh, well, stroke, I, I, right?
9: I'm a I'm a first timer with this one.
7: Okay. Um mm-hmm. you're yeah, what, do, You are a first timer what you
9: I do maintain it myself. I change the oil every three thousand miles, new filter, that sort of thing. Right. And, uh uh, just uh you've you owned yeah, the,
7: you, new you, you've owned the truck since new though you're saying right ron
9: uh my brother bought it second hand and i inherited it from him when he passed away he was a vietnam vet
1: and
9: he uh, developed als from being exposed to agent orange he oh, passed away Lord. about uh eight years ago i'm sorry i got his two trucks his other truck was uh F uh, four fifty that has eight hundred and sixty four thousand miles on
7: it. Well, boy, I, I guess it so, kind of, uh, I guess it kind of runs in the family, huh, Ron? That uh, things <laughs> seem to go a, a good long time there, so. Um, but we well, yeah. would
9: like to get our money's worth out of the vehicles <laughs>
7: well you 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 definitely do my friend you definitely do so but um like I said you know take it apart take the fan apart like the way I told you if you have any other questions you give me a shout back let me move along here I appreciate the call um I want to try and get to everybody today thanks Ron and uh, uh I appreciate you uh tuning in let's get over to Kurt with a 13 escape and some questions about a trans issue Kurt welcome to the car doctor sir how can I help
1: Hi. yes uh, Uh, 1340, I was going up a hill one day and I lost all momentum and acceleration. Right. And uh, it jumped out of gear. So I pulled on the side and shut it off. And when I started to back up, there was a humming noise, like coming from underneath the car. Okay. And now Uh when you put it in drive, it should have rolled for like two or three minutes. And then you feel the car start jumping, and then she won't, she won't do anything. She won't even move, it, nothing.
7: All right, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Kurt. Sit tight. Let me pull over and take a pause because we're going to get into this a little deeper when I return. The car doctor will be back right after this.
6: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
0: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
7: Name at the car doctor Kurt from Maine. You're still there, sir. Yes, sorry, we had to pull over and take a pause. So, uh, refresh our memory again. You were traveling uphill, and the trans started to do what?
1: Yes, I lost all acceleration. And the car, as I accelerated, the car didn't rev up or it wasn't pulling or nothing. And all of a sudden, I just like it jumped out of gear. Okay. So I let let off the accelerator and jumped back in gear, and I pulled over to the side, and I shut it off. And when I started it back up, there was a humming noise, like underneath underneath by the oil pan, by the transmission oil pan, somewhere else in that region. Right. And and now, when you start it and put it in gear, that humming noise is there, and it'll go in drive, it'll go in reverse, and it'll go in sport. And it'll only roll for probably five or ten seconds and then you'll feel it start jerking like and then it jumps out of gear
7: okay has anybody have you taken it to a shop is this home how did you get how did you get off the hill were you towed
1: Well I was, it's, I, I was able to get it to move down the hill and I coasted it down because I live a couple of driveways down from the hill so I was it was in my favor to go down the hill and let it roll All
7: right and, and, I put it in neutral so you got it home.
1: I got it home
7: yesterday. Okay, you know this could be as simple as it's low on fluid because a thirteen won't have a, a conventional dipstick. How many miles are on this? Right, Kurt. One hundred and sixty-eight
1: thousand. Yeah, 000.
7: you know this could be this could be low on fluid. Then the argument could be made: where did all the fluid go? To have you ever serviced right. the trans? Have you ever changed trans fluid?
1: No. Never. I got the car at 105,000, and I don't know if anyone did anything before that. Right. But I've never. I've never done anything to the transmission.
7: No. Mechanism. No dashboard warning lights and, on at this point.
1: Nope, nothing the day before we drove it all day in town never gave any trouble never did anything just yeah. out of the blue it started
7: yeah and that's you know that's what happens you know it's, it's 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 a bad analogy but it's the old story of my dead dog that wasn't dead yesterday died this morning um you know, right sooner, exactly sooner sooner or later it has to so uh, you know basic diagnosis i would start with a code scan even though there's no lights on on the dash and a fluid check and what does the fluid look like right you know that's that should be LV style trans fluid, and I don't want right. to tell I don't want to tell you that has a finite life of around fifty or sixty thousand miles is what Ford normally changes it at. Uh, some dealers will tell you it's lifetime. I don't buy it. The ones that make more sense to me are telling me the truth, in that they're they're seeing right. at 60 sixty, they're seeing characteristics of driving habits. Um, you know, not being the greatest, the, the the trend starts to act up. Now, you don't know if at 105, do you know the service history prior to that? I don't. Yeah, I don't. so, you know, it could have been serviced at 50, and then somehow you got another 100,000 miles out of it. It could have been serviced at 80, and you got, you know, 80,000 right. miles out of it. So it's, it's you know, it could be, this could be, um, this could just be a, a fluid issue But um, I I wouldn't hold a lot of hope. Start off with some basic diagnosis and, um, you know, get fluid level checked and get code scanned. And then you can kind of make a decision from there. I wish you luck. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's back right after this.
6: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
0: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
5: Hey,
7: welcome back. Ron and of The Car Doctor. Let's get over and talk to Douglas in Virginia. And know what's going on with his O2 Audi? Douglas, welcome, sir. How can I help?
2: Hello, Ron. I love your show. I've listened to it for a while now. Thank um, you. I hope you and maybe some other car gods can <laughs> help me figure this out. Absolutely. I've got a 2002 Audi A4 Quattro mm. with the four-cylinder turbo engine.
7: You know, you know what Audi stands for, don't you, Douglas?
2: I'm afraid to ask. It stands for a lot of things. What do you think it stands for?
7: Well, it depends what this electrical problem turns out to be. But you'll you'll understand it if I'm <laughs> right because um, it it can it can stand for another underpowered demonic invention. But go ahead. Um, oh my God, so,
2: Um Wow.
7: And I think they're great cars. They um, just you, do you, some. They, I, I they're great cars. On, they just do some really to. crazy <laughs> things. So um, you know, but yeah, so anyway, oh what's boy. What, what's this thing doing?
2: it runs great and it's so fun to drive it's got a manual transmission and the turbo and all-wheel drive but
7: but there's always a but when you start out that way you know
2: i know i know the darn hazard lights the minute i turn the car on will come on and stay on for approximately 15 to 20 minutes no matter how it's driven no matter where it's driven No matter what I do, I mean, I've disconnected fuses, disconnected the battery, reconnected it. No mechanic can figure this out. The only thing that irks me about the car mainly is the hazard lights stay on for like the first 20 minutes of, you know, running time. And then once I'm on the freeway, they will go off, okay? I'll take it to work, and I'll get back in the car. They'll come on again and go off in about 15 to 20 minutes at the same time. The radio and the heater and the AC don't work. Okay. And I've taken it to two people. They can't figure it out.
7: So that the, that demonic invention part really starting to look pretty good now, isn't it? Uh,
2: actually,
7: yeah. Yeah. Um, so listen, there's there's three components in the vehicle that actually will control the turn signal bulbs in the ha- and, and make it appear like the hazards are on, okay? Mm-hmm. The hazard switch, the hazard switch flasher assembly, the turn signal switch, And the module that they put down under your feet on the driver's side of the floor, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, what I've seen on some of these, depending upon—have you owned the car since new, Douglas?
2: No, I haven't. I bought it used. I bought it. Honestly, I've only had it for about seven or eight months.
7: Okay. So, you know, depending upon condition and care, I've seen water get into that—they call it a comfort control module on the driver's side of the floor pan— I've seen moisture invasion there, and that causes all kinds of chaos, particularly what you're describing to me. I've also seen bad hazard switches. What you can do is get it out to your local mechanic, have them start to unplug. The hazard switch, does the problem go away? The turn signal switch, does the problem go away? The comfort control module, does that have any effect on it? At least that's a starting point. Call me back. I'm Ron Ananian, the car doctor. Can mechanics aren't expensive? They're priceless. Yeah.